Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. I'm Ian. And on this episode, we're going to go do some uh, doing, thinking, playing board games. And uh, uh, Ian, Ian, tell us what we're doing on this episode. Okay, well, we're continuing on our mechanics series, and I get to pick this time, and we're going with trading. On the Mediterranean? Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They are the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go into some thinking, doing, playing board games. Um, Who would like to go first? Ryan. I see on the show notes that you guys are kind of doing the same thing. So I, I can jump in right in here. Yeah. Quick one. I'm jumping aboard the Zombie Kids Evolution bandwagon. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, got this one in the mail just not too long ago. And yeah, Norm, I can see what you were talking about because we've been playing game after game after game. And uh, we actually just played just before um, recording tonight because we had... Um, one game left to go. Whether we won or lost, we got to open up envelope number six. Ooh. And so, like, Zombie Kids Evolution is kind of like a legacy-like game. Very simple. Kids were just rolling dice, putting some zombies on the board, moving your characters, taking out the zombies. It's really quite light fun. But uh, I can see what you mean where they do amp up the uh, the, the gamer or, or make it a game. Because as you, there's as interesting the game, decisions. Well, and and the the name is very clever because it is evolution. The game is evolving over the course of the of all the game sessions, and so um, spoilers, like the zombies will start doing things, and uh, <laughs> your, your 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 kids can act. The kids can actually start, you know, having special abilities, and oh, it's been it's been a it's been a ton of fun. It scaffolds the powers and the abilities. Well, because you start off with a base and then it just introduces slowly certain mm-hmm. without giving any spoilers, it introduces uh, more advanced versions of some of the base uh, um, pieces in the game. And for I me, I like spoiler, <laughs> spoiler free. <laughs> and, and, and for me, I like the achievements list. Yeah. In the rule book, because I'm this old school um, platformer gamer where like, you know, the old Mario 64 and gotta get like, all the stars. Yeah, the, the one level <laughs> ten stars in it, and I gotta get, I gotta collect all. So I'm here, and I'm like, I gotta get all the trophies, I gotta <laughs> unlock all these achievements. 
Like, there's but that so was very games. smart of them to have that that interplay with uh, with with the tactile, like with the book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, gets the kids hooked. Oh yeah, because Regan's always asking, "What do we need to do to get another trophy?" <laughs> I'm standing, I'm like, mm, "This might be the easiest one tonight." but this might take us a while. So let's see how it goes. As well as trying to, you know, win the game. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, in the end, you still have to win the game, which is. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing I liked is win or lose, you get to advance the clock. Yes. And you don't you, get and stuck. You have, yeah, so you always get to put the one brain sticker down. Yeah. And then if you do a, if you unlock an achievement, you get to put a second uh, sticker down so it lances the clock faster if you're able to complete achievements and uh, i cool. like the uh, i like the badges that they get zombie hunter yeah 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 oh survivalist yeah daniel <laughs> right well and you know what the uh the the fact that when daniel plays and i i, I mean you can weigh in on this um he is so motivated by now that he knows that there's envelope uh thresholds he is like, oh, how many games do we got? Three. Okay. And I know we're, we're not leaving until he cracks that next envelope. And then he's satiated and we can go on our, you know, yeah, go about our yeah. own business. <laughs> Regan was trying to negotiate tonight. He's like, we looked at it. He's like, well, the three more stickers to the next envelope, Dad. I think we can do that tonight. I'm like, no, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> Plus it's podcast recording night. You need to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, too bad it wasn't tonight's uh, theme wasn't uh, negotiating because, you know, you <laughs> could have used that. Um, yeah, so, cool. yeah, Zombie Kids Evolution, we've been having a ton of fun at it. Um, if, we, if you didn't, um, it, well, I did mention, I mentioned the publisher, it's Scorpio Masquet. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, Matthew Legault is part of our, uh, he's not the designer, but he's part of the Scorpio Mago, uh, Masquet team. And he's part of our What You've Been Playing Wednesday podcast, which He's always been a delight to listen to. If you're going to listen to what you've been playing, you listen for Matthew's segment. because And, and for those Canadians who know, um, he, I said this to Ryan, he's like the Stuart McLean of board games. The way he, his narrative and the development of his segments, I, I'm just, I could, you know, pour a tea, have a little sit down, a little put a little scone on the side. And if you go back a couple episodes on what you've been playing Wednesday, you'll understand why we have a new segment called Cardboard Conundrum. sorry matthew if you listen to this podcast (laughs) cool so yeah so that's zombie kids evolution we've been having a ton of fun with it um yeah and it's not a game as an adult gamer that is going to bore a hole into your brain that you're going to just you know despise playing it again oh gosh no yeah no Honestly, but for me, if it wasn't for those achievements, the achievement hunting, that's that's what sold that's that's what sold it on me. Uh, triggered that triggered me. the uh, triggered the addict and the video gamer. Oh it? yeah, yeah, just reminded me of like Saturday nights, <laughs> Super Mario sixty four, and trying to get all of the stars from the level, and then you realize that you don't have enough information to get a star. You have to wait until the game evolves a little bit more, and then you have to go back. <laughs> exactly what they're doing after they that vein oh yeah cool cool ian the uh, we're tag team in this next one but you you open it up because like i will uh, i'll discuss the solo side of it and and because that's what i know about it okay well I, I think all three of us could jump in on this right because this is Absolutely. uh we got a game called the isle of cats 
and this is pretty fresh because norm you just dropped this yeah. off to me this afternoon yeah and, and this uh, is I uh, it about an hour ago just to mention it's a review copy supplied by the publisher is it right ryan uh, yeah, I filled in a um, f- online form through Twitter, and they got <clears throat> back to us. And yeah, they sent yeah. they sent us a copy. This is um the City of Games, I believe, is the publisher. Yeah, I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, City of Games, and Frank West is the designer, and I believe he's also the head of City of Games as well. So, thank you, Frank, for sending this copy over to us. Ian, start us off. Okay, so the game is one of these games with uh, the Tetris pieces, right? And you're... Polyominoes. You're uh, filling up your... I guess in this, ca- in this case, it's a ship. Tetris so pieces, You're filling yeah. up your ships with, uh, with cat Tetris pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're trying to, trying to like complete rooms, fill up your rooms and, and cover over rat spaces and have the same colored cats connected. And you've got a series of cards that you use to to play the cats, and you have to lure them in with fish, and and there's a whole aspect to that. And so, it's it's kind of like a a jumped up version of Bear Park, maybe. Is it, or that's I haven't played Bear Park. Yeah, this is it's got a lot of the DNA of. So um, I Love Cats, I believe it's it's already a couple years old now. I think it's like a 2000, is it a 2019, I'll 2018? Bring I'm bringing it up here too. Too old um, for Ryan. Too, <laughs> <laughs> very that's ancient like, in my years. Like, 2019. That's like a decade for you, man. Yeah, it's a couple years old now. But, wow. it, but, it, but that was around that time, that 2019, 2018 is where, a whole, where this um game um, is, mechanism is that uh, same year system. feast for odin came out maybe maybe bro, but, within one or two years yeah yeah well there was yeah. a big huge push with all the yeah, polyomino well, yeah. except out of rosenberg i mean there was like a string of five games that were all based on that yeah yeah right. so what did you think ian i hmm because um, what and this don't, is fresh. Don't give, now now don't go to give too much away because we're yeah, we're all going to do a we're, full deep dive review in the, yeah, in the very yeah. near future and oh, there yeah. were there were also okay. cards that it's were <laughs> that were that were public objectives and then there were cards that you could have that were personal objectives right yeah, so there was this like there was this flux of of a variability of scoring rules that could happen in the game like that were pit like you know we're taking a left turn now because there's a new public scoring objective up so i thought that was interesting too yeah uh i wonder if i should say the score (laughs) so so i played we played with my wife kimberly and kimberly scored 64 points yeah and i scored 16 Wow. Well, she, she I guess she, she dropped this well. game. Wow. Yeah, she did. And I, the funny thing is, is I thought, <laughs> I thought I had it. Like I was, I, I was getting all the cats I needed. I was the last turn. She had like enough to get one cat and I got a whole whack load of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to destroy her. I feel bad. No. <laughs> Not no. at all. It's, it's, it's all, it's all those negative points on the board, isn't it? Yep. Because you lose if you're not man, you can't manage to fill a room. You have you lose five points if mm-hmm. you don't have a room completely per room. filled in. And the rats too, and and plus the rats. So you kind of have to focus on. You have to draft because it's a drafting game. You draft yeah. the cards, 
And you kind of yeah. have to draft the cards so that it all, you know that you're going to be taking negative points. So you have to and draft you, cards so that offset. And you need the resources when you when you draft the card too, like with the fish, right? To pay for that draft, I guess. Yeah. Which is yeah. also an interesting piece of the game because you you don't build up an economy. It's always just, hey, at the beginning of your round, you get 20 fish. Yeah. You owe, you owe and then that's it. You spend it. If you don't spend it, you, it doesn't go away. You can, can carry you can over, yeah. Carry over to round, round, round. But I always thought that was that was a very interesting one. Yeah. Because you don't see games do that very often where you just get a set income and there's no way to change that income. You can't, like, say, get 25 fish at the beginning of the turn. No, it's always but just 20. There's a, there's a way that you can do it with your cards because you might have, hey, so many of these cards will get you so many more fish, right? So mm-hmm. there's that way of buffing it up in your card play but like you said at the start of the game everyone gets out economy but you have to pay for the card well that's yeah, the you, have, you have to pay fish for the card to get <laughs> yeah. the fish back i was like for, for me i was like okay that's kind of interesting yeah, yeah. well it's fish and cats man it doesn't make sense they yeah, stole- Kimber- go, go ahead focus kimberly focused specifically on those scoring cards that you were talking about and i yeah. didn't <laughs> that's and that I think was where the difference made because she had all those private objective cards and I had like one. Yeah. And and that's she she'd absolutely kill yeah. the um the solo version, I thought as far as because I'm in this in this isolation, I'm playing a lot of solo stuff. So I get to understand a lot of the a lot of the solo engines or bots or mechanisms or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, this one was kind of cool because the the solo bot um, would score the the cats on your boat right so in the first round you there's this kind of uh, uh one cat per round so on the first round um let's say it's an orange cat well at the end of the game every orange cat that you have in the boat scores the bot five points the next round mm. the next cat that comes up might be a green one that one's four points three two one right and so so you might not in the beginning the first round you're like oh, i don't want to put too many cats on because i don't know what you're going to be the ones that are going so there's this delicate balance of you still have to populate your boat but as the as the uh market comes out you you might sit back and go i've got all of the most expensive cats on the market and i got to start covering stuff up and whoa okay so it's this interesting um that's a interplay and you also the the bot has um three public uh mark standard public market cards and then to advance the level of play uh, you keep adding some to go from medium and then to very hard where the uh, the bot will just have like six cards that it can score from in regards to the specialty end of game scoring rules. So, so and so yeah, so so then you're comparing your score to the bot's score if you yeah. win. And they they score off of my boat as well, right? So it's yeah. just interesting. You can see what their scoring rules are. I'd be like, if I put this one down, they get this many points. But if I put it down, I get this many points. So you're mitigating a lot of the cost cost you know um benefit balance i thought it was i thought it was very smart as far as the solo engine games go yeah because that's very much the gameplay here is that you're trying to draft cards so that you mid like for me in my mind it was to mitigate all the negative points you could accumulate (laughs) by the end of the game everything like that um yeah one card that always came up it always seemed to come up in our games too was that um if you still had rats on your board, those rats scored you two points. Yeah. So you lost a point 
but then you gained a point in the yeah. end because you got two points for them at the very end. So that was yeah. actually a really kind of interesting card. I was able to get six solo plays in, and um, I, yeah, by the time I got, by the time it was the second or third one, I was starting to dial in a groove, starting to dial in of a, a, a process of of when do I you know when do I get a whole bunch of cats and how, when do I hang on to my resources to to do that bubble burst when it's kind of like okay, there's a whole bunch of you know two point cats that are going to cost me. Let's let's start let's start you know drafting these mm-hmm. cats right. So yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we're gonna do a we'll get a deep dive review later. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that'll probably that'll probably be next recording session. So cool. I think so. Yeah, coming up real soon. Cool. Well, that's Isla Cats. And meow. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going into topics of interest. And this is the mechanics series. And I'm going to hand it off to Ian because it's his turn. Ian, what's going on? Okay, so uh, I decided that we're going to talk about trading in board games. And so what we're talking about here is like actual trading of money, resources, whatever it is between the players themselves. Uh, I think that it's underused, but we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. And so I thought that I've got kind of a flow structure of what to talk about, and it'll be kind of like a chronological progression. And (laughs) so whenever you guys have something to jump in with, uh, feel free to do so. Cool. So let's start from the beginning. Except for right now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. So trading was believed to have started around 30,000 years ago. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's too far back. (laughs) When when one person said, I I like that rock. (laughs) Um. So I was thinking of like early examples of trading games. The first thing that came to mind was go fish, but then I'm like, that's not really trading. You're basically demanding <laughs> that you, somebody give you cards. So that doesn't really count. But the first one that came to mind is pit. Mm-hmm. The classic yeah, yeah. game pit. Have you, you guys have played pit, right? Oh gosh. I've yes. destroyed and, many and, a bell. Yeah. And, or, or wrapped knuckles. Oh, and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so pit uh, is great because pit is basically pure trading. Right? You're uh, once the bell goes, you're basically trying to get your hand full of just one type of card, and so you're trading with anybody at any time around the table, and all you're telling them is how many cards you want to trade them, and they do the same, and that's it. You just say the numbers of cards you're trading. And you don't know oh. what you're getting and they don't know what you're giving them. Oh, and gosh. I don't know about other families, but when my family, when my Ryan knows my cousins, when, um, when, when we played this as kids, 
It was loud. It was this very is, loud. This is the loudest game in pretty much anybody's collection, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the next one, of course, is Monopoly, which is one that everybody's familiar with. And, you know, gamers like to trash a Monopoly as all the time, right? It takes forever. It's just, you just roll a dice and move. But you got to remember that the reason Monopoly is so popular, I think, is the trading. Like that is why Monopoly is as widely influential as it is. The negotiating people, part of it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. People can trade the properties back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. And or and trade rent and yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. is negotiable. Yeah. Yes. And so those are kind of the the early it's, examples. It's especially the rules, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. <laughs> but it throw in whatever rules you want. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then I think trading's role in the resurgence of of the board game hobby or in the, like the 1990s, mm-hmm. I think trading was a pretty big part of that. And the one that that I'm sure everybody thought of when I mentioned that we're talking about trading is Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Settlers of Catan is very built around being able to trade those resource cards between oh, players. Clutch. Clutch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it it's I mean is. it's designed in a manner where you're everyone's gonna need at least one of something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and because you're building on certain spots, right? The where you build is important because you can say, okay, if I build here, I'm gonna basically be the only one getting brick. Mm-hmm. And I can everyone's going to be coming to me with great trades because of that. And you can bring the whole supply demand economy into it. Oh yeah. And so Settlers of Can is a, yeah, it's probably the, the poster child for, for this mechanic, I would say. And, and of course, some of the funniest jokes. Yes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Um, I, th- I think awesome. that, uh, <laughs> and I think even if we look at like the meta trading aspect, right? This is about the time that Magic the Gathering was coming into coming into the the milieu of gaming as well. And that wasn't trading in the game, but that's that brought the whole aspect of trading cards outside of the game, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know that we want to get into that too much, but well, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that that's part of the outside of it, yeah. But I right. focused on it as a mechanism of gameplay, yeah. 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 Yeah, so what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts on Settlers? Where are you at? I mean, you can't deny the fact that it had a huge, and it still does, a huge influence on, on modern board gaming in North America, right? I mean, just like it's just like uh, uh, music back when, the British invasion, right? The Beatles and the Stones coming to North America had a huge impact on music style, music influence, emulation, so um, yeah, you can't deny the fact that that uh, Catan's like you know the Beatles coming to North America because it was revolutionary. Yeah, as far as as far as uh, as far as the that Euro experience goes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, I think I th- hot on its tails. I w- I would I would say. Probably not North America, but just probably as big in Europe is is Bonanza. Yeah, Bonanza mm-hmm. for sure. Oh yeah, and that one that one is completely. I mean, it is 
all about trading. You can't play the game without participating in that yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Banana Bonanza is an, another pretty big one. And that was only a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know Bonanza, the chronology exactly, but I think it yeah. is, is, is one of the older ones. Yeah. Yes. Bonanza is good yes. because Bonanza, you've got that hand, the, the card hand that you can't move. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain cards you're like, I got to get rid of this or else I'm messing up like my next two turns. Oh yeah. And so you're like begging people to make deals with you. It's like I will just give it to you. Just yeah. take it. Just take just it. Take it. And get everyone just looks it. at you and goes, nah, nah, this <laughs> way too much fun watching no. you. You know, I don't want no black beans. Yeah. You keep those coffee beans. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I, but I think the trading was like, I think the actual trading aspect, we can't downplay that enough. I no. think that was huge. I was just going to point out too, that the, the, the concept and the philosophy of trading, man, we know that as kids growing up exactly. in families, you, you, you're constantly trading stuff. Right. Who did who at lunchtime? I guarantee you everybody's, hey, I you know, I'll try and trade you this egg salad sandwich for that uh pizza, <laughs> right? Um so the, the, I which, mean which, which, is, which is an interesting thing too, because we we kind of internalize what what we know is a good trade versus a bad trade. Yeah, which is always really quite interesting when you get into these types of uh when you get into these types of games, because when we go back to settlers of Catan, nearly things like for you to offer, say, um, some ore and some sheep for my clay or something like that, for me, that may seem like a bad trade, but for somebody else sitting at the table, like, make that trade with me. I will give you that yeah. because that's good for me, but that's not good for them. Yeah. Right. And, and so that it's very relative. Yeah. Everybody knows how to trade from a young age. So it's just, it's part of our, it's, it's part of our understanding. Yeah, that's a big advantage. It's, it's kind of like the auction that we talked about a couple yeah. of weeks ago, right? It's yeah. the same idea. Like yeah. everybody, people understand the auction. I would say trading even more so. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's pretty huge. There's some games from around this time that I haven't played. I wonder if you guys have, which I would like to try because apparently trading is a huge part of them. Uh, one of them is Chinatown, which came around 99. And the other one is Traders of Genoa, which is around 2000, I think, as well. I picked up... Guys- a- I picked up the first one because uh, I saw it on Shut Up and Sit Down. They did a playthrough, and uh, I thought that it just the idea. It's just like Bonanza, but it comes down into a different thematic implementation of that. And they add a, a lot of cool kind of you know neighborhood stuff, connectivity, growing bigger. Uh, it's really cool. I, I and this I picked it up just before we went into isolation, thinking. This is going to be so much fun. Everybody understands trading. And the, I think the rule set is like one page, right? It's one of those yeah. kind of games. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to play this a lot more. Yeah. yeah. I, I, have, I haven't played either, but then when we were, when you decided we were going to talk about trading and I was looking up games that involve trading, Chinatown was one that just kept getting brought up on like Reddit forums, BGG forums. A lot of people talking about Chinatown, so which makes if there's a lot of people talking about it, it's probably one we should probably play with Norm at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. And so when we get into, you know, past 2000, I would say that there's less notable trading games. Uh, and so I want to come to that in a second. But I do want to talk about the idea of 
timing in trading games because this this kind of an aspect I think is interesting. So both like Bonanza, you trade on your turn, which I think is pretty crucial because your turn structure, like you have a specific turn structure of when you draw cards, when you trade, when you can play cards down. And so the trading has to be involved in that. Settlers of Catan is the same idea. You trade on your turn and you can trade with anybody on the table, but two people whose turn it isn't aren't allowed to trade at that time. The other big game that I thought about when I thought of trading is a game that I really like, which is Colosseum. Because in Colosseum, you're you're trying to get all enough things for your show that you're trying to put on, whether that's gladiators, lions, whatever it is, and you need a specific amount to put on your show. And you're definitely not going to have what you need just by collecting them through the auction and through other ways. So there's a whole round that's just dedicated to trading. Now, technically, this is the same thing. You're supposed to go in turn order and everybody gets to take turns trading that way. But I don't see any reason why it can't just be a trading free-for-all, mm-hmm. right? Like pit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I actually prefer in Coliseum to just trade, right? When it's the yeah. trading round, it who cares about turn order? Just yeah. go for it, right? Just make your deals. Try to undercut other players. What do you guys think? Do you... Nope, because that that's the way because you taught me Coliseum and I can't imagine playing it any other way. Like just that just that um oh there's another game that does this. Well, you're supposed, you're supposed t- to go in uh, what if you're supposed to go in turn order, like there's um um cosmic encounter. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the, the rule is that you're supposed to go in turn order and ask everybody around the table, hey, do you want to be in alliance with me? No, no. Then go, no, just make it the free-for-all. Just yeah. let everybody just think, like, the wait, game, wait, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? The game that does a really good job at that free-for-all is uh, Trade on the Tigers, which is uh, Jeff Engelstein and I think uh, his former host with him, Ryan Sturm. Um, that one is, uh, it's, it's, it's not a go around the table. It's a clock. You three minutes. Boom. Clock's on. You have three minutes to trade. Go ahead. And it's, Perfect. and it's wide open and it's either at the, at the, at the sand timer, or if all trade stops for the sand timer, it's a collective agreement going, okay, let's move on to the next phase. Right. Um, that one is crazy because you're so focused with the trade you're trying to pull off. And all of a sudden in the corner of your ear, you hear somebody mention a resource you're looking for and you're like, whoa, 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 put a pin in that. I'm coming back. Oh, wait, wait, no. Ah, oh. and then you lose everything. And everyone looks at you and goes, sorry, you should have, you know, should have, yep. should have taken the deal. So they do that really well and, and trade on the tigers. Well, that sounds and, good. and you see, and you see when you incorporate trading into a game, that's the way it's going to be. I love the chaos. Yeah, the, the, it, it's so it's so um, interactive. It's so thematic to trading, right. because and the, especially when you're like making three way deals, right? Between oh, yeah. people, and you're like, okay, well, if they trade me this, then I'll trade you, trade you this, and, and then everyone's touching. The, it's like okay, it's like <laughs> it's like okay, I'll, I'll let go of this one when you let go of yours. Okay, done. Right? It's so frenetic. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Because what do you think is happening on the New York Stock Exchange floor when they're doing those deals and everything? It's chaos. It's pandemonium. It's what it's <laughs> supposed to be. I love it. Yeah. I think there are, like, I think Bonanza is a good example of when you sh- it should be a little bit more structured mm-hmm. just because it's such a crucial part of your entire turn structure that you, yeah. you don't want to mess with mm-hmm. that too much. Um, and it makes 
the way that game flows is it makes sense that only the person on that turn can trade mm-hmm. because you'd the never timing know when the of the turns over. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. and, and it's the order of the cards in your hand. Right. Yeah. But I think that even settlers like a 10, like we do play the normal rules. We trade when it's our turn, but honest, I guess if you're doing that every single turn, that would get a little chaotic, but <laughs> a game like Coliseum, just, just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And cosmic encounter. If you're negotiating around the table, don't go turn order by order. No, just oh, let no. it go. I wouldn't even just, just open it up. That one you probably sometimes need a sand timer. Say, okay, everybody, we got like one minute to make a deal or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones could take forever. I can see yeah. all the rules lawyers' eyes twitching right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then I was thinking that this trading has kind of gone away in board games. It's not really there anymore, even though it was such a big part of board games coming back into style it, it sort of just tapered off and so kind of think about what this is and so what i thought about let's talk about the draws to trading what are like what are the advantages of this and what are the drawbacks what is the reason that it's not in modern games anymore so what do you guys think are like the highlights of trading games why is it good adrenaline and <laughs> <laughs> the, well, yeah that that's that's true it's very it, it's always very exciting yes. absolutely. Especially, and especially when the trade went exactly the way you wanted it to do you got exactly what you wanted you're like oh yeah that, that was yeah. so good i got it i'm gonna my plan is all falling into place and then there's the other side where it's just like it's so crushing because no one will make a deal with you because no one ever makes a deal with ryan i think i think trading is interesting because just a you know, piggyback on that idea. There's a lot of meta behind the trading because you might make a trade and go, I'm willing to take a bath on this one because you don't know the next move I'm going to make in the, in regards to, okay, now I'm going to do this trade. And now who look at, here's my formula perfectly laid out. I, you know, back up two steps in order to go five steps forward kind of thing. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of levels to that, you know, how you chain your trades together, I guess. Yeah. And I think just interactivity, right? Yeah. That was was the next one. It just, if you (laughs) need your game to have a little bit more back and forth between players, trading will absolutely do that. And And again, that's why Monopoly and Settlers of Catan are popular is because it has that face-to-face direct interaction between players. I'd I'd love to take a survey to see how many, how many um, table flips uh, are, are attributed to trading games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, because there, there is that, there is that aspect that um, trading games, I think get really flushed out. If you know the group that you're gaming with, like if you're a regular yeah. family, if you're a family or you're the regular group of guys that gets together on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or something like that um, trading games. Now, what I sit down at a con and sit down with a, five random get people, and we're going to play a trade a game that involves trading. How is that actually going to go? I don't know these people, and mm-hmm. I, I would think you. What, what, what kind of friendships am I going to make? Yeah. What kind of enemies am I going to make? You'd try to evaluate. I mean, at least I would, considering this circumstance, evaluate your trades as fairly as you can. But if I'm sitting down with friends, it's, it's sort oh, of yeah, like- the, the gloves come off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pucks in the corner, boys. Elbows high. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that could be seen as a detriment, right? The fact that it's so dependent on who you're playing with, but I'm, I don't see it as that. I see it. That's just a part of gaming, right? Because people make gaming what it is. And so the different people you're playing with changes the experience of the game. But you'll have like, you know, those you playing with those couples that like to just give each other nice trades. And then you've got other couples that are like, yeah, I am not giving you an inch in yeah. this trade. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or like Ryan said, the, uh, the meta, it's like, okay, remember two weeks ago when we tried trading, you're going to pay for it now. Yeah. Like, all right, come on, man. Isn't yeah. that the truth? He- Ian still remembers that time in Survive when I sunk his like three best guys right off the start of the game. And I'm pretty sure he's after me ever since. <laughs> yep. Sometimes that's the way it's got to be. What are some other, like, what are some other reasons you think that it's not really part of games anymore? It's hard to say why it's not part of games. Other than the fact that I can think of things that can happen while trading and and we kind of already alluded to where it's like, Hey, we got the couple that they'll always make sure that they can do the best that they can. And we're always going to make sure. So like, and there's always that fact where um, what's the term King making can, Mm -hmm. can occur where it's like, Hey, I'm pretty sure Ian and Bonanza over here, he's, he's got a stack of coins. So like we're all at the table now we're saying, well, he's running away with the game. Just know everybody just stop trading with Ian. It's going to halt. Mm-hmm. which is that that i think that's always one thing that you always have to keep in mind when when you do a tr- when you're doing trading is that if you do end up running away with the game or you see you're, or you're the the perception is that you're doing really well yeah then people kind of just start ignoring you or they stop making decent trades with you yeah interesting yeah. And I think it is dependent on personality because you also have the people that will that are a little too nice and just like to make, right? If you propose a trade, they want to, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Even though it may not be in their best interests or in the best interests of the table. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can cause those imbalances to happen. Which, which, which comes down to the game. You have to know if you're going to design a game and one of the core mechanisms that it's going to be trading, you have to know that those are going to have that's just going to happen. Right. You can't say, oh, this game, this game is out of it's not balanced at all because so and so. Well, no, no, no. That that's just that's just the that's just the group. See, and I think a, a lot of the uh the simultaneous trading can kind of take care of that because things are happening so fast that that you need to react instantly or the trades move into the next person, right? So you, if you want to be part of the game, then you better start, you know, nodding your head yes on an offer rather than, you know, like in Bonanza where you can sit and ponder for about a minute and go, hmm, I don't think so, right? It, it, that immediacy, I think, changes the whole dynamic of it too. If you don't, and I have heard that not trading has been something that happens. Like with Catan, I've heard people complain that, you know, nobody actually just trades. They just all try to do everything on their own. And again, I think that's a player problem. We have like, we've played so many games at Catan and trading is always a massive part of it. But I know that that is an issue with, with some groups. Well, I, I, you know, when I played on the app, I've stopped trading with the AI because they just suck. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. But yeah, I do it, think. It, oh, it, oh yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, it, but it, it's just all that too of, of evaluating um, the trade. It, mm. That's what. That's always what it with one of the core things, and that's the what's super interesting about trading through history is, hey, there's that. That's how we. That's how we got currency. It, it, right. Essentially, is that we we decided, hey, now this this one thing that always got traded for, it's worth this, and so. A, the advantage is, hey, the group gets to decide. Yeah. The game group that you're playing with, you get to decide. That's really cool. That's a really kind of cool thing. At the same time, I'm a guy who's not very good at economics. I'm like, I don't know. What, I, don't know. I don't know what this is worth. Yeah. Uh, sure, I'll, tra- I'll, tra- I'll trade you. I'll trade yeah. you this red bean. I don't really know what it's worth. And there was like, oh, it's the luscious red bean. Yeah. Value. <laughs> Why at- did you trade that away? Yeah. Value attribution. That's one of my flaws too. And a lot of the auction stuff as well. Is to go yeah exa- uh, that's the same issue that auctions have yeah i'm not sure not that- necessarily understanding yeah. the value it's like i also think that there's some games that are just so meticulously crafted into especially when we're talking about scarcity of resources like a while back ryan we talked about voyages of marco polo and we talked about how tight that game is right and how you have to really think about your moves to get the resources you need to do what you need and i think if you threw trading into a game like that it kind of messes up the the design almost yeah if if your game is a design that you really got to think about how you're getting the resources then suddenly just being able to trade with another player negates that in a way i would say Mm -hmm. yeah so like now we're starting now we're starting maybe start shifting into these kind of like these hybrid type of games because i that's where we start saying oh mate i i made the point when we're in the in the off chat saying well, making deals is that kind of trade? Is that is that trading? Is that is that part of the trading mechanism? Are they, are, if we're if I make a deal, um, it says right in the scythe rule book that you are allowed to um, make deals, or I think it even says you can bribe other players. Like you, you can pay them coins, you can give them coins, and in that game, coins are victory points. Right. Like your money is victory points. So I'm going to pay Ian. Hey, go. Go go go! Attack Norm. Leave me alone, please. Anything <laughs> like that, and I I will I will pay now. Whether or not you want to honor that trade, or you want to honor that deal, that's a whole another thing. But yeah, it's interesting when games do that. The one example I've got there is Archipelago. Mm. Archipelago is a a game with lots of exploring and collecting resources and using them for various things. But the rules in Archipelago says that anything is up for trade. Everything is negotiable. So whether you want people even allowing them to use your spots, right. To use the hexes that you control. If you even, they have to, might have to pay you passage into your hex. They, uh, yeah, you can trade coins, goods, whatever. The only thing that you can't trade is your own like action pawns, right. Your own color Mm -hmm. people. 
but otherwise they say everything else is up for grabs, which I, I find really interesting. I don't know that we use it that much though, when it's, it's just kind of like a, a rule that's thrown in there and not a fundamental part of the game. I don't know. What do you find? Do you, do you ever, cause it, honestly, Ryan, I never even knew that rule for Scythe until, yeah. you, until you brought it up. And, and you see, I'll do it with, like, I try to do it. <laughs> Other people don't usually accept my trades or my offer, there. <laughs> but I, 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 I do plant these seeds of deception um, everywhere, but I'll do it with, with, with um, people that I really know. I'll try, I'll try to do those things. And if I'm teaching Scythe, like, and, and I'm introducing Scythe to new players, I, I do mention that these are things that you can do. Like you yeah. can, you can say, I, um, you know what? Um, leave, leave me alone. I'll give you a couple coins. Just to, I'm just, I'm just here mining my own business <laughs> and stuff like that. Just please don't. Sitting on my hoard of resources. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, one game, so one of my favorite games, and I made it and put it in the notes here because Twilight Imperium does this a lot. Now, Twilight Imperium's got a lot of negotiating, but there is one thing that is um, quite tradable in the game is that you can collect these, um, you, can, you can check, you collect these goods, mm-hmm. and they're to you, they're worth nothing. But if I do end up, if, we, if I do end up trading those goods with another player, then they flip over and now they are valuable resources that you can use to buy things. Yeah. So me harvesting the resources, they're no good, but me trading the resources to some other players, then they become valuable, which is actually a really quite interesting piece of the game that, Oh yeah, I can gather things, but they're for me, they're, 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 they're useless. Is there Not until rule, they get traded away? Is there a form, rules formula of, of how much you can trade or at what ratio no. you trade it? No. Okay. No, it, it doesn't have to be remember one that. for one. It just says, hey, if I've got five things and Ian's got three things and I say, Ian, is, do you mind if I, you know what, we'll, 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 we'll trade five to three or four or four to three. And you can say yes or no, or yeah, or you can, you can just say, hey, no, I'm more comfortable if you just, we just straight up trade one for one. I don't care. Yeah. And there's as, another thing. As the can, board erupts. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Come on. And then there's another thing you can trade in twilight imperium is that you there's a a module called the promissory notes which is hey you do this thing for me and i'm going to give you this card and this card says well it's got some sort of super game breaking effect on it and it's a one-time use in the game card so you can trade resources or you can trade or or um, manipulate the board positions and i'm going to give you a promise that I will fulfill my end of my, my bargain. And now you have some sort of super game-breaking ability. And I know that you have it because I had to give it to you, which is really kind of, a, it's, it really takes it to the next level. Because now if I go back on my thing, if I don't fulfill my end of my bargain, well, I know that you've got that game-breaking thing that could probably sink me. Like you could use it back against me, which is really quite neat. Cool. One day the dawn is going to come to you for a favor. <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and there's there's a base set of promissory notes, and then every faction has their own um, set of special promise notes. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, I like I like when games have that deal making aspect. I, I I do want to use it more. So next time we play Scythe Ride, I'm I'm going to try to use the trading more. It, 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 
We heard it on here. It's on record, folks. That he's, <laughs> you are you going to trade with me? Not with you necessarily. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. He, he said he will use that mechanism more often. He didn't. Oh, he would right. Use and if he does, I guarantee you it's not going to be one for one. <laughs> <laughs> no one trades with Ryan. <laughs> not ever since the Adam incident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, one more thing I want to talk about before we wrap this up is let. I just thought it would be interesting to think about what games are already out there that don't have trading that might be interesting uh, with trading. Okay. (laughs) And so what I'm going to throw out, I'm curious what you guys think. What do you think Concordia would be like if you could trade resources with people? Oh my gosh. Oh, that would be, that would be game changing because that's one of those games where you're always one shy of this or one shy of that, which makes you two moves behind this person. I think that would, I, I don't think that would, would you have break to, it. It'd break the game. You think and it would? Well, and what would you have to, like, oh my goodness. There'd have to be a, a you're giving up something big to get, so it's, it, yeah. And it can't be just free for all. You'd have to be connected on the board. Like you would have to have trade routes. Mm. Like you'd oh, have you have to, you, you would have to be like, you'd have to be like your immediate neighbors or something like that. It would be interesting. Would be like a blind trading, <laughs> like pit. <laughs> yeah, like I. Yeah, exactly. It's like because because in that case, um, um, there's risk. There's huge risk involved. Yeah. Right. Or maybe yeah. there's not. It's like I got so much wheat here. I'll trade you. I don't care what you give me. I've, I'll take it. You know, I'll take a brick for a wheat. Absolutely. Maybe yeah, they already they already have kind of a trading thing, but you're kind of you're you're just trading with the the game. With the game, right. yeah, you play you play the card, and you can like say, oh, I can convert these things into money and these money into resources. There's yeah. already kind of like. So what if you changed like those cards so you couldn't do that with the bank and you had to do it with other players? Ooh, no, you're getting <laughs> see, that would see. be that would be like the Twilight Imperium flipping the token, right? That could be interesting. That could be it totally could be interesting. interesting. It might be worth trying. The other ones I thought about, because I was, I was thinking about trying to think of games where people might end up with surpluses, right? Because then, mm-hmm. then you're, they're a little bit more willing to do that. Imperial Settlers is one that, that can happen with, right? Mm, yeah. Imperial Settlers is one of those games where you get a bunch of resources and then you basically play out the round until they're all gone, right? But sometimes people have some leftover stuff that they can't use, but if you could maybe trade with somebody... I got one. Trading in Ticket to Ride. <laughs> broken. Oh, it's, yeah, bro- it's, it's broken now. <laughs> the game is no longer playable. You take away for all me. that top decking. <laughs> yeah, that one might be a tough sell. <laughs> oh, dear. Actually, I just thought about this one right now, and we didn't mention it before, but um, there is kind of a trading in seven wonders where i i give you money and i can now use your resource that you are producing yeah is is that is that kind of like a trading i think that was a purchase kind of thing yeah there's not really any negotiation there right it's it's a no oh no i oh yeah dictates exactly what you have to give them yeah right yeah i I forgot about that part You, you can't you can't deny somebody using your resource because when i play that game sometimes i'm like hey where did all this money come from oh i paid you for all these things oh cool okay (laughs) yeah oh i forgot about that yeah now what now okay now what if we changed seven wonders 
Ooh. And now people can can deny you. You got to sign off on it. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to agree to to accept the money for the resources. You so definitely make the game go longer. I want two. Yeah, give me two. Yeah, the, the yeah. scores are now dramatically dropping. Okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Glenn Moore is the other one I thought might actually work pretty well with this because Glenn Moore has this interesting bank market thing where you can spend money to get goods that you need. But what if that was just trading between the players instead? Hmm. That'd be interesting. I don't think that one's so tight of an economy that that wouldn't be available. I think that would actually benefit it. Well, you're talking about the fact that you got to have, not you got to, but it's it's good to have surplus resources. And right away, I'm thinking every Rosenberg game that has agriculture, you're you're there's a surplus resource. But then I'm thinking, no, that that's like trying to put a NOS kit on a Porsche. Just no, you can't. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, if you think about Grickla, Grickla is such a tight game that yeah, you don't want to yeah, mess it. With already, it already starts there. as a tight Yeah, game. you don't want yeah. to blow up the engine. No. Ah, that's that's super interesting. Anyway, I'm food very, for thought. Yeah, so listeners, it, it, think about it. Is, it is food for that. What game or games uh if you can think of more than one <laughs> benefit from trading? Well, I'm thinking it's more of a hostage negotiating and it's not really a game. And I was just thinking, putting my kids to bed. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you draw the line of negotiation? And yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll trade you my sanity for you going to bed now. <laughs> uh, so there we go. So do you guys have any other trading games that you could think of? Like sometimes we come to the end. Sometimes in cooperative games, like I'm thinking about like pandemic, you can, if you're in certain places, you can trade your resources so that they can kind of just move around the table, like in a cooperative game sense. Right. Yeah. So that you can best put the pieces together to solve the puzzle, I guess. That I'm, yeah, that's, but, that's an interesting trade for the benefit of both when, you, when you're working as a team. You, know, you yeah. just need the pieces in the right spots. I'm trying to yeah. scan my collection and I can't, I'm, nothing's popping off. Well, there we go. So oh, yeah. trading, I think it's uh, it's kind of going away, which is too bad. And I kind of like to see it come back into the fold here again. Yeah. Like yeah. Norm said, like the late, I don't know what other games involve trading, but you've mentioned that, that, that trade on the Tigris is a fairly new game, isn't it? It's like a 2019. Um, yeah. Um, I believe or 2020. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they wimped out on the name though, because it was originally <laughs> supposed to be trading on the Mediterranean, and they wimped out somewhere along the way. Yeah, some some sort of <laughs> like a bad. ironic joke. Yeah, yeah. Cool trading mechanisms. Wonderful. Thank you, Ian. That was awesome. And uh, we're gonna segue into our thanking of the listeners for uh, making it to the to make it to the last few minutes of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we uh, we're always happy to blather on about board games. And that being said, uh, I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan, and I'll trade you my delicious Danish for your crummy old doorstop. <laughs> oh, no, it's I the mean, other way around. Damn it. I'm in, and I'll take that deal. <laughs> I will catch you later. There's no <laughs> trading that. 
This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039. Thank you.